goes in there. It's weird and pissed off, whatever it is. She just goes a little mad sometimes. We all go a little mad sometimes. Game over, man. Game over. What an excellent day for an exorcism. You are invited to an open house where horror will be your host. Don't fall asleep. It's Wednesday the 29th of April mm-hmm. at 8.30pm mm-hmm. p.m. and I think both of us are far too tired to do this podcast now <laughs> after two hours with my son. Oh my god, I am, I literally like, I walked in a sober, rational person. We have been through the champagne, which, because I was, I was in a happy, like, just let's have champagne. We've been through the champagne. We are now onto your homemade gin. Yes. Um, we, I'm not drinking, I'm just feeding this to you guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, have, we have had two hours. For, basically, your, your son was giving a TED talk, which started with him calling for the death of Elon Musk. Yeah. Which travelled all the way through to um, showing why you shouldn't throw your penis over electronic devices because his cousin <laughs> did and got in trouble for it. Yes. There's an important lesson to learn. Um which ended with him being really upset at modern cinema <laughs> as to why everyone is always picking on the Germans in, like, war movies. Like, why are they always the bad guys? Like, ah, it's so unfair to be like, you like, they were kind of the bad guys. Like, they had a pretty good stretch as bad guys. <laughs> like, I'm the, like, yeah. I'm 20th the- century, unbeaten run. <laughs> Yeah. Like, it was just... that. I mean, that was one of the greatest things that, you know, Nazis did for, like, modern cinema. You don't need any backstory. You don't, just, you don't need to build up any character development. You just show that Nazi outfit and everyone hates them straight away. Straight like, away. Boo. Oh, they're the perfect pantomime villain. Absolutely. Yeah. Except for your son, yeah. apparently. Like, I'm not like the Germans. He's a little... Okay, so two two qualifiers here. Number one, he's a little cinephile. <laughs> yeah. In that we actually play a game where I'll be driving on and I'll play music from films mm. and I'll get him to guess which one it is. Yes. And I put on Oh Yeah by Yeller. Yeah. And I looked at him and like I normally have to say, what movie? And I looked at him in the rear vision mirror and he just went, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. It's like, yes. <laughs> he's eight. <laughs> and also, the Dan Aykroyd Peter Gunn yeah. dragnet. That yes. is true. Yeah, we go. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the other qualifier is his um, his grandfather. He remarried into a German family, mm-hmm. so he loves Germans. He wants to go to Germany, which is great. I love Germans too. Yeah, want to go to Germany? Not in a time machine. <laughs> <coughs> I'm just saying, not all of their history is great. Not all of it. Not all of it. No. He's like, I love Germans. Look, and there is nothing wrong with German people. But here's a bit of German history. That yeah, I didn't know until quite recently. You know how the Beatles made their name in Hamburg. Yes. They went over there, played for like a year or something like that, cut their teeth, got yeah. really good. Did you know that Black Sabbath were there as well? And Black Sabbath yes. worked harder and longer Ooh. and got better. So that when they came back, they fucking rocked. <laughs> they weren't just like these corporate douchebags with haircuts. Ooh. I love the Beatles. Controversy, controversy, Love the Beatles, but love me some Black Sabbath more. Mm. Okay. I would go so far as to say... They've had a bigger influence on world music. Oh, 
No, you didn't. Yeah, I did. No, you didn't. Just to set people off the trail of my son and his Nazi sympathies <laughs> at the age of eight. <laughs> let's just I'll just redirect that controversy. I think Black Sabbath was more influential than the Beatles. Okay. All right. Okay. Just I'm just saying like when he has to like get up in front of class and he has to give like his next presentation, when he gives one on Germany, let's maybe maybe you should read through it before yeah. he delivers it to the class. I will prove it. <laughs> before he delivers why is Germany picked on in world history they weren't that bad. Yeah. Awkward. Awkward. I and I'll say to you, like, normally I bring all my laptop and all the shibbidabloom. I was trying to be, like, proactive. I had printed a thing off, like, an episode off. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm going to be so good and so prepared. I really wish I hadn't brought a big, heavy, serious episode. I wish I picked, I brought my computer with some peep of fluff because I think your son is damaged my brain. <laughs> They say it's a spectrum. It's more of a rainbow bridge. <laughs> he, oh, how, how can anyone yeah. at the age of eight, yeah. while eating a Happy Meal, yeah. look up and just go, what's your favourite car? And then the next breath, I look at my hands and I wonder why I exist. Yeah, wait. What are these for? It's all pointless. <laughs> <laughs> what's your favourite animal? Oh, my God. You weren't even here. <coughs> while, you, while you were off getting like mixes for your homemade like gin for us, yeah. because Lou and I were getting ready to like kill ourselves, um, he he was he'd clearly been listening to too much fucking like Depeche Mode and Morrissey, <laughs> and was giving this whole life of like, I mean, just why why do we live? Why am I here? And the cosmos means nothingness, and nothingness means. Death. <laughs> Thanks, Morris. What the fuck? Next, the very next breath. Do you know what noise Ronaldo makes when he scores a goal? It's like, <laughs> wow, you are so ADHD. Oh my god! Yeah, uh, I just, I, I, yeah. Incredible. Oh. So yeah, you're b- blanching into um, blanching. You're blanching into homemade gin. Yeah. So I mean, we do the chili sauces already, mm. and I need something that. Markets to sell to desperate housewives. Mm-hmm. So homemade gin kits. Cocks. I'm just <laughs> going to say it. Cocks. Yes, housewives need cocks. <laughs> but failing that, tears on the stairs. I was, actually, no. You know what? Better gin-flavoured cocks than cock-flavoured gin. Oh. Is there a market for cock-flavoured gin? You know what cock-flavoured gin tastes like? Magic mushroom tea. Uh, no, I argue that because I went to a party after a wine tour yeah. and somebody insisted, we were having a conversation about magic mushrooms. Yeah. Someone was like, have you ever done magic mushrooms? And I'm like, no, I've never done magic mushrooms because in my life, like as a happy young woman with very large boobs, yeah, the only people who've ever offered me magic mushrooms yeah. Are creepy dudes that I don't want to do magic mushrooms around. Fair enough. So I've never done magic mushrooms. So I was there with like some of my gay entourage. Yeah. And you're like, well, this is the perfect time. Mm. And they were like, oh my God. And so like made up nothing. Yeah. Did you microdose them? I have no idea what that means. Didn't take much. I had to, uh, no, no. He kept pumping this tea down me and I had to like actually eat some. I kept waiting. Nothing. Okay. Yeah. I've heard of that. Ripped off. It's one of those things, because I've, I've done mushies quite a bit, mm. and it's one of those things where 
you know, you just get the right. I'm a big fan of microdosing. Yeah. Where you get just enough to feel like a little bit like something's off. Like, the, you know, maybe the sound is a little bit better. Like, you know, yeah. you're aware that, you know, you're a little bit high. And then, like, you wake up the next day and you just feel amazing because it basically resets your brain. No, oh, I could there's use a, some of that. There's a lot of evidence, basically, that psilocybin mushrooms reset your brain. Yeah. Great stuff. The problem being, just that little bit too much, you're fucking under the couch for two days, terrified of the monsters that are stalking you. <laughs> I want. I, I remember one time I had the I, the only way I could stay sane was to stand out the front of my house and take my jumper off, fold it, put it back on, take my jumper off, fold it, put it back on. I did that for, like, four hours. Okay. It's the only way I could stay sane. Oh, I once I once did so much birthday cake um, <laughs> that I kept getting really paranoid that I'd come out of the bathroom and not put my pants back on. Wow. <laughs> so like, I literally, I would just be standing there and I'm like, oh my God, are you wearing pants? Are you not wearing pants? Oh my God, you're not wearing pants! And I would look down and I would see that I was wearing pants. And I'm like, oh no, it's okay. It's all right. It's all right. Whoo, catch kind my of, breath. Kind of sugar high where you are. Like, oh my God, am I wearing pants? Am I wearing pants? Oh my God, I'm not wearing pants. No, nothing. It was like that time where I did like cocaine. Everyone's always talking about cocaine. Cocaine's nothing. shit. Zip. Nada. Cocaine is shit. Nah. Nah. Forced bad conversation and confidence. That's it. Yeah, but I already have way too much confidence. I know. So I think... Like, so it's like ADHD medicine for you. It probably depresses you. You're just like... Oh, I'm going to go home and just do my tax. <laughs> Everyone else is trying to solve world hunger and pick up at the same time. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm going to do my tax. Yeah. Use some finances. You know, catch us on some correspondence. Yeah. Dear June, thank you for the Christmas present. Cocaine's a terrible drug. That did nothing. Yeah, it's shit ass. You know what I think the problem is? I think the problem is that we didn't do it off a hooker. I always said, I, like, cocaine should be snorted off a naked prostitute. There was no naked prostitute. I think that's why it didn't work. I have snorted pills off a woman before. It mm. did not. It did not amplify the experience. <laughs> For science. <laughs> for, for, for science. For science, I snorted ecstasy off a woman once. It didn't amplify it. Okay, so everyone at home doing your drugs, um, <laughs> just let us know and then let us know at realmothman at gmail.com. Yeah. Let us know if you think there is a difference between doing your drugs and doing your drugs off a naked prostitute. And for the court-appointed uh, lawyer currently listening to this to decide my child custody, <laughs> thanks for listening. <laughs> <Bada boom. laughs> to get it clear, Nazi sympathizer have snorted ecstasy off a woman's tits. There we go. <laughs> See, I didn't make it sexist. I didn't say it had to be a, a woman. I just said a prostitute. You just, well, you should have said sex worker. Oh, sorry. Again, sex worker. See, I'm not sexist. Men can be sex worker. Absolutely. You sex know? work is real work. Yeah, damn straight. Yeah. You get on it, lads. You've long been Fuck. underrepresented. Get out there and you get it, girl. If I could have, I would have. <laughs> oh my God, that's like seriously, if I could throw my fucking bullshit day job in and earn money from fucking swinging around a pole, I would be there right now. Yeah. I'd be there fucking in my, in my track pants and my boots. <laughs> no one wants to see that. Believe me, if they wanted, I'd be there. There is a cashed up Saudi right now wishing... Just he's there. He's surrounded by Albanian prisoner women. Yeah. Just going. Why isn't there a woman in her late thirties obsessed with cats? Some chubby cat lady wearing here right some now. fucking very cheap track pants <laughs> and a pair of Adidas sandals. You know what? I'll wear my good floody, mate. <coughs> I'll wear my good floody. Yeah. Woo! But yeah. Think and- think of the sexually frustrated Saudi prince right now who's missing that. <laughs> Contact us at realmothman at gmail.com if you'd like to purchase, Elizabeth. 
Ford sponsorship opportunity. That's our Patreon. We're going to sell you as a sex slave to a Saudi. Oh, God. I don't think I've got the energy to be a sex slave, to be honest. Probably not. Oh, just... It's got a lot of it. I like a good sleep in. Oh. There you go. Some people are very much into that. That's can a whole I, genre of porn. Can I keep my socks on? Of course you can. Fuck yes. Whole genre of porn dedicated to that. Real socks on. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. If you'd like to see a Patreon where we can get your dollars just by seeing pictures of my feet in warm, comfortable house socks, let us know at Room Man. We're going to retire off your hooves. <laughs> clump, clump. Oh my, god. oh, my God. You know what? It's so weird, though. Talking about <laughs> dipping your feet into weird puddles, <laughs> that totally brings us, would you believe, to the topic of this week. Anyone who's listening to this would think that we edited that to just stop the bullshit. We didn't. <laughs> you literally just went, ugh, and pulled the ripcord. <laughs> Because I was about to propose that we take a photo of me putting new horseshoes on your feet <laughs> and double the action. <laughs> Farrier. You are such a bitch. <laughs> oh, my God. What, what are we talking about this week? I'm going to kick you in the head. <laughs> oh, my God. This week. Oh, my God. You know what we're talking about? We are talking about water. Water? H2O, the big wet. Who calls it that? The big wet. That's in Darwin, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> How good's the rain? <laughs> uh, look, it's clear. At least it should be clear. Should be tasteless. And it should be 100% non-flammable. Look, we are both from towns where you can't drink the water. <laughs> Again, enter humankind. Hey. We can relate to this. As this week, we try to push the flotsam aside to look into the depths of Lake... Erie! Oh, we're back at Lake Erie. We are going back. We touched on it a couple of weeks ago. This was, of course, the river we talked about. Yeah. May have possibly, this is a freshwater lake and it's the surrounding rivers that fed into it. And the small fact that it, uh, look, possibly the 15 times this lake actually physically caught fire. It's a good sign. Mm, Yeah. mm. In this week's episode of You... Light up my lake. <laughs> or I fell into a burning pool of fire. <laughs> or I went to Lake Erie and all I got was this third degree burn. Or Lake <laughs> Ew. Or how the fuck does a river of water catch fire? Let's go back, shall we? Let's. Let's go back to the 1600s. Oh, okay. That is back. French explorers. Can you imagine just (laughs) the indigenous populace (laughs) of America is just sitting around, just... And then just out of nowhere, you just hear <laughs> coming out of the bushes at you. Because they've already been exposed to the Spaniards. How do you react to that? I don't know, but I reckon if you've seen Spaniards mm. and you're like, wow, man, they were fucking different. Yeah. And then all of a sudden just, what is that urine and butter and garlic? <laughs> <laughs> you be like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> then the British come along. Oh, my God. Oh. Oh, my God. Talk about a trade down. Oh, my Lord. 
French. The British are just French jerky. <laughs> just a dehydrated husk. Yeah. That won't go down on you. <laughs> oh, I like mutton. <laughs> you know what? Is it that the English won't go down on you or do you think people see the teeth of the English and won't let them near oh, their genitals? I would never yuck. You'd never put your teeth <laughs> in an Englishman? No. In the 1600s. Repulsive creatures. French explorers were awestruck. Oh, yes. Oh, when they came across the Great Lakes, they called them Les Meurs d'Ossais. Pretty sexy. Which translates as the Sweet Seas. Oh, hello. Uh, sexy. Everything's got to be sexy with the French, I know. doesn't it? I, th- it's just, I think it's the language, everything. Yeah. Even baguette. <laughs> just stick a bread. Oh, yeah. baguette. Oh. <laughs> the Sweet Lakes account for one-fifth of all the fresh water in the world. Okay, and now it's flammable. <laughs> and the waters were described in the 1600s as the most pristine and clean that they had ever seen. Wow. <laughs> yeah, you've got to think about how polluted those, those Victorian-era rivers and shit were. In 1796, Moses Cleveland... And this is interesting because you spell his name C-L-E-A-V-E-L-A-N-D. So there's an A in there. He sounds like a recruit for the Chicago Bulls. (laughs) Moses Cleveland from Ohio State. Yeah, He came to survey what at the time was called the Connecticut Western Reserve. Nice. What he found was a beauty, a clean, rich land with trees that stretched as far as eyes could see at a cool, fresh lake called Kayakuga. Ooh. By the Mohawk people. Yep. Which translated as crooked. Good on them. Because simply the river twisted and crooked and turned its way through the trees into Lake Erie. Cleveland landed on shore in a spot that is now downtown Cleveland. Now, okay, so it, we mentioned that his name is spelt with an A, yeah. which you don't see in Cleveland. Yes. The city of Cleveland. So you're like, well, hang on, this sounds very suspicious. It's kind of almost named after him. Yeah. But why isn't it named after him? The rumour is that the A was dropped so the headline would fit better on newspaper headlines. Get fucked. No. No. But no. The Cleveland was too big. It looked much better with the A taken out. No. And then people ran with it. No. 100%. No, they just misspelled it. <laughs> if you know anything about typography, E and A take up the same space. Well, no, because you've still got the E. Oh, so they had an extra A. No, so it's got the C-L-E-A. How you spell Cleveland. You spell Cleveland C-L-E-V-E-L-A-N-D But his name is C-L-E-A-V-E-L-A-N-D So they took the A out Fair enough Yeah God, ruin the moment Sorry Do you know how many bogans out there Who've got a 351 Cleveland in their truck And just going Dude, fucking this is how you spell it 
And the other bogans are like the Windsors rev harder and they've got a better bottom end. I have no idea if the words you just said. <laughs> Miles away. <laughs> oh, Lord. Uh, life would boom along the riverbanks. The lakes made it possible to easily transport goods and supplies from town to town. So in came Whitey. Yeah, Whitey. He's got some good ideas. Woo! And industry. This has never gone wrong. Never. Never! As soon as profits became involved, all the company. (laughs) Oh, Lord. And they moved in and they dammed whole rivers. Of course they did. To power their factories. And quickly they would use the lakes and rivers to flush all their troubles away. Why, why are people just a fucking living Dr. Zeus book? Everything was pumped into the river. God damn it. As the cities grew, the indices grew, and waste products grew. <sighs> In 1827, the Ohio and Erie Canal opened, and that attracted oil companies and the Goodyear Tire Company. Oh, my God. Who would build several dams along the K... K... I've had too much gin to say this. (laughs) Cayuguga River. Okay. Cayuguga River. (laughs) To provide power for their factories. These dams caused environmental destruction on their own. Yeah. But were still nothing compared to what was to come. Open sewers all poured straight into the river. And it quickly became a river of raw sewage. Oh my god. I've never understood people who can't understand. Even my cat understands. You don't Don't shit. Where you drink. Yeah. Like, just, you're, like, literally, you're having a shit in the water three feet down, someone's scooping that into the kettle. Don't do it. That's pretty bad. Be like a cat. Bury it. Yeah. Oh, yo, yo. Fucking hell, people are useless. But it wasn't just raw sewage. Oh, no. Slaughterhouses. Oh. Were set up along the river. And then all of the animal excrement, blood, Bodily fluids, ghibli bits. Oh, not the ghibli bits. All the waste products were all drained straight into the river. Oh my god. The waste products from the mines went straight into the river. As did all the waste products from the mills, factories, refineries. All went into the river. <sighs> Here's an interesting fact. Did you know originally gasoline was considered a useless waste product? Really? Yes. It was created when oil was being used to create kerosene. Right. Because, of course, kerosene was the staple ingredient for home heating. Exactly. Yeah. And lights. So up until 1892, untold gallons of pure gasoline was simply pumped into the river. Good God. What are we going to do with this waste product? (sighs) So in 1827, when Moses Cleveland stepped off the boat, he wrote of the area's untouched beauty. Yeah. (laughs) To which American industry said, hold my beer. 
1880, Francisk Vizek, an immigrant from the Czech Republic, recorded seeing the area for the first time. This is in 53 years. Yeah. What could you possibly do in 53 years to these pristine, untouched wonders that made French men go, As he gently would lean down by the riverbank and lick it. <laughs> oh, oh, God. They don't have the Czech Republic anymore, so I don't know a Czech accent. No, they do have the Czech Republic. It replaced Czechoslovakia. Czech, how, oh, how do I... How do I... Bond villain. That's how they sound. Yellowish black rings of oil circled on its surface like grease in soup. Oh, God. You know when the Czechs are complaining about soup, it's bad. The water was yellowish, thick, full of clay, stinking of oil and sewage. Oh, Piles of rotting wood were heaped on either bank of the river, and it was all dirty and neglected. Oh. He went on to describe, when standing outside a slaughterhouse, a great stream of dirty water rushing from it right into the river. Oh. As he learned that the river flew into Lake Erie, and Lake Erie was where Cleveland was sourcing its drinking water. God damn. For over 25 years, from 1867 to 1890, the world's largest refinery was on the river. And for 25 years, that petroleum byproduct went straight into the river thanks to John D. Rockefeller. Oh, God. But mind-bogglingly, people were still taking their drinking water... From the river. Reportedly, people could taste the petroleum in the water. Oh, God. Would you believe this began to alarm some people? No. If only because all the boats travelling through the sludge were all made of wood. (laughs) (coughs) Tugboat operators petitioned city officials for something to be done as pollution... So picture this. Yeah. It's not the fact that you're drinking pure gasoline. (laughs) Oh, my God. Can you imagine how intense lighting your farts would have been in those days? Oh, yeah. You just explode. Oh, my Lord. Oh, that dude who tries to put the bomb on the tank in Saving Private Ryan. Just (laughs) wham. Bam. He's just paced. Oh, my God. It's the only time adding water to your alcohol made it stronger. Yeah. I bet there was like paid shill doctors. As well. <laughs> Eerie water is safest water. <laughs> Gives you that extra spark. Gives you a pounce. <laughs> Light the stove. You don't need a kerosene lamp when you can flight your own flatulence. Save money. <laughs> Makes oh. coffee making easy. Burn the water, add the coffee. <laughs> oh, Lord. So the tugboat operators complained as pollution was now so bad... It was literally disintegrating the hulls of their ships. Fuck. Mmm, tasty. Wow. The other thing that was in the water that sadly had no taste was the delightful taste of cholera. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, all that raw sewage, yeah. Out 
outbreak after outbreak hit the surrounding area. <sighs> and of course, cholera, you die of runny diarrhea. Yeah. All of that was going straight into the river. Yeah. And then people were drinking that. Yum. And then processing it again. Oh. Some people stopped drinking water from the river and would journey out into Lake Erie, which the river fed into for their drinking water. Oh, just get some diluted cholera. Yes. Mm, break it down a little bit. Mm, it's like adding lemon. It's a bit of zest. <laughs> Another interesting development was as the city was originally settled, all of the wealthiest homes were located by the water's edge. Yeah. However, as the city developed, those of means began to move further and further <sighs> inland. Yep. Away from the river and further inland, taking their water from wells. Not surprising. In 1868, the Cuyahoga River caught fire. Fucking hell. Not the buildings on land next to the wet river. The actual river liquid fluid caught fire. That's incredible. Now, some may see this as a terrible occurrence. (laughs) But in the 19th century, those in power seemed to look on polluted rivers as a sign of economic prosperity. Of course they fucking do. Oh my God, look at it. Ben is literally printing money. Oh, look at our success. America. Uh, uh, uh. Fuck yeah. yeah. The more pollution, the more industry. Unbelievable. And huge islands of literal, literal human feces were just the price of business. Oh. Christ. And as the world rolled into the 21st century, it seems the powers in charge had little inclination to change. On May the 1st, 1912. That's uh, that's not that long ago. That's 100 years. See, everyone, when you think of this, people are like, oh, that was, that was back in the day when yeah. people barely had pants. 1912. Yeah. Yeah. 1912. That's not that long ago. Five workers who had been on land in a dry dock. So this is very important. They're not even on the river. They're on land in a dry dock. All five of them were burned to death when the river caught fire and the fire spread to land and spread to the dry dock. Nice. The paper, the plain dealer. <laughs> Wrote in an editorial two days after the death, the drainage of oil into the river can be wholly illuminated. Every precaution should be taken to make such configurations impossible. Leakage of oil anywhere should be prevented by municipal regulation and inspection. And they called for an end of draining of pollutants into the river. The Ohio Department of Health Demanded an end to pollutants entering the river. However, those in charge uh, of Cleveland yeah. did nothing as, oh my God, is this, is this could, could this be, I don't know, some people might be used to, you know, hearing this in this day and age as they fear 
weird asking businesses to literally not shit where they drank would make businesses pack up and leave. Incredible. In 1948. What? That's that's like one grandpa ago. 1948. Fucking hell. Picture your grandpa. Yeah. He was in my grandma. So, oh my God, everyone in 1948 was in your grandma. No, all the Americans had left. Oh, they'd still been in there. (laughs) So much oil and toxic sludge lurked on the water. 1948. Yeah. The tens of thousands of water birds all died on the river. Not a surprise. Some townspeople loaded the dead birds into the back of pickup trucks, drove them to the state capital and dumped them on the front lawn. Nice. Good on them. It had no effect whatsoever. Of course not. Although to say nothing was done would not be the complete truth. Okay. Because someone's like, we hear you. We hear you about not shitting where we drink. So the Standard Oil Refinery had the Western Union Telegraph put up a signal line to connect them to the nearby fire department so that the next time the river-wide fire began, they could message the fire department themselves. Yes. I mean, it did literally nothing to prevent the fires, but this way the fires that would happen again and again and again. And hang on, let me check my notes. And again, the fire department would be notified quicker. Absolutely. And those people should risk their lives quicker. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But this was nothing when on November the 1st, 1952, the Cuyahoga River, which had, ah, which at this point was described as not flowing, but oozing. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oozing. Picture Ghostbusters 2. Yeah, the pink shit under the city, yeah. you go down into the slime. Wow. But picture that, but make it more shit-coloured. Okay? And that's flowing into Cleveland's drinking water. I bet Standard Oil still had their spin doctors on it. Come on down to Ectoplasm Lake. (laughs) You'll walk on water. (laughs) Oh, the river, would you believe, you're not going to believe this, the river caught fire again. Oh, God. So this time it caused a five-alarm fire. Okay, that's a bad one? That like That's that's all of the alarms going off simultaneously. <laughs> <laughs> From someone who's once had sex with a firefighter, believe me, the last alarm you want is the five-alarm. That's the shit's getting real. Yeah. Five alarm fire. It's the worst category they had. They had to change all the light bulbs. Yeah. Okay. The fire destroyed on the lake. Okay. The river on fire destroyed three tugboats. Wow. That were actually in the river. Yeah. Destroyed three buildings. Oh my God. Just next to the river. And destroyed ship repair yards. Wow. Leaving. So this was in 1952 money. 
a $1.5 million trail of disaster in its ruins, which approximately is about 18 to $20 million in today's money. Yeah, okay. That's yeah. pretty bad. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Yeah. That's that's woo, just for all the alarms ringing. Woo! <laughs> oh, Lord. But so what do you think happened after the five alarm fire 1952 surely shit's getting real i think they installed like you know that thing in lord of the rings where gondor calls for aid and they Mm. basically have that thing that you set on fire that just kind of tells everyone that you need troops to come and fight sauron oh i reckon they built that okay because that's I don't know, a little bit more romantic than doing something about it? Well, no, because the last thing you want is something flammable next to this river. Yeah, that is true. Uh, No, they took a different uh, approach. And again, the pollution and the literal crap crept flowing with minimal inclination to care or clean up. Of course. In 1968. Get fucked. 1968. That's like two years before my sister was born. Kent State University performed a survey on the Cuyahoga River and found the only thing living in the river was algae. Are you serious? All the fish had died. In algae? That was it? All the waterfowls had left. Even the few remaining beavers who had not almost been wiped out by the trappers had got up. And left the area. It was just dead. Dead. Wow. Frank Samsel, born and bred in Cleveland, described the state of the river by 1969. Oh, God. It smelled like a septic tank. Oh, God. It literally bubbled and produced methane in July and August. It wasn't bad. It was terrible. You can't describe it using printable language. Whoa, that's whoa. 1969. Now, bear in mind, I come from a town where you are not allowed to eat the fish. Yeah. Yeah. And this shocks me. Yeah. Yeah. 1969. Oozing. Oozing. Bubbling. (laughs) Long came a fella called Jed. <laughs> okay, but the thing to remember is all of this. So all of this is being pumped out into Lake Erie. Yeah. Okay. And as remember, as we talked about the Lake Erie monster, this whole time Cleveland is taking its drinking water from Lake Erie. Okay. You're, they're still drinking this. People, they're drinking it. All the surrounding towns are taking their drinking water. This whole time, this whole time this has been happening, people are still drinking the water from Lake Erie. People are still swimming, fishing, recreational activities in Lake Erie. Wow. Here is, and I printed this out so you can describe this to our listeners, okay? Um, this was one of the pictures where... In 1969, a woman actually produced a booklet. Yeah. uh, That was called Save Lake Erie Now. Where there's actually, you see a shot where the Cuyahoga River 
breaches into Lake Erie. Yeah. Okay, so this is in 1969. So this is a colour photograph Yeah. of where the two meet. Would you like to describe that? Before I see it, this is yeah. 1969 America. We are talking yes. men on the moon. Yes. We are talking funk. Yes. Jimi Hendrix. Yes. And the Pontiac GTO judge. Yeah, we are literally putting... We are talking about the peak of American evolution. This is America at its peak. It was ruling the world. The Mopar scat pack. On the moon. This is the water they're drinking. Oh, my God. Do you want to describe that? So, the northern end of the picture is what appears to be watercoloured something. Mm -hmm. Below that, which is the entrance, the tributary that rolls into the lake from... The river. Yeah, from the Cuyahoga River. It is 100% shit. It's just shit brown. This is this is like full-on been out on the beers all night, ate a curry, shit yourself. Yeah. This is what you find in your jocks. I'm never drinking again, Grog Bog. Never drinking again, Grog Bog. And it is, fuck, it is miles long. Yeah. Because this is taken from the air. Yeah. It is miles long. That is fucking putrid. That looks like those acid leach gold mines from Africa. Yes. Where you just like what the f- that's that looks like what Rio Tinto did to the Octetti Delta. Yes, Jesus. This is what America is doing to its own drinking water. And, uh, hello to our listeners in Flint. <laughs> so yeah, in 1968, Kent University did the study. Everything is is deva. Everything f- is dead fucked. in the Cuyahoga. Yeah, Frank. Okay, so and then Frank Semsel has described it as you can't describe it with principal language. Then on June the 2nd, 1969, at 11.56 a.m., a train was travelling over the rail bridge above the Cuyahoga River. Did it just dissolve and fall into it? A brake application mm-hmm. caused a spark. Oh, Yes. That spark fell into the toxic waste stew that was bubbling below and the river caught fire again. From a brake spark. Yes. Fuck me dead. 1969. America's drinking water. So you can basically drop a cigarette butt in this and cause a natural disaster. Like There are hundreds of towns that are getting their drinking water from Lake Erie. Wow. The flames were described by witnesses as reaching five stories high. My God. And it burned from bank to bank. And the flames went high. (laughs) It's literally the gates of hell. Yeah. Except in my mind, the gates of hell were never made of water. No. (laughs) A nearby fireboat, the... Oh my god, what do you think that this fireboat is called? Like, I'm a fireboat, I'm tough, I'm rock and rolling. This one I'd call the Lost Cause. The Anthony J. Celebrezi. Hello. Hello, sailor. <laughs> Celebrezi, I'm a wonderful summer pastor with olives. <laughs> the Celebrezi moved in. Uh, and sad to say, this was such a routine exercise. Yeah. The fire department managed to take control of the river fire and it was extinguished in just under half an hour. I like the fact that they're drawing water from that lake. 
Mm. While they fight the fire? No, I like to think that they had to go out and get the water from somewhere else. No, you know what? It, it would have just been chemicals. Yeah. Because you couldn't – this this was all sludge and yeah, true. gasoline. You you have to use the toxic fire, re, you know, yeah. stuff on it. So th- this wouldn't have been water. This would have been more toxic chemicals, yeah. ironically, going into the sludge. Yeah. Ask the people who live near airports what their drinking water's like. Yeah. Mm, foamy. Yummy. Mm. <sighs> Did someone say cadmium? <laughs> So they managed to put it out within half an hour. So before photographers managed to arrive and secure a photo of the carnage. Okay. The fire may have only lasted 30 minutes, but it still managed to cause over $50,000 in damages, which is about half a million dollars in today's money. Yep. (laughs) The sad thing is... People were so used... To this river catching fire. Yeah. The fire may have gone completely unnoticed by the American public. Wow. How, like, uh, when you've had so many black eyes, you don't notice another one. This is what this is. Like, yeah. You're it, just, this is a shitty, just get out of this relationship. Just last year, uh, on January the 24th, 1968, the Buffalo River... So there's a nearby river that also feeds into Lake Erie. Yeah. It had also been over-industrialised and was highly polluted. And it had also caught fire. (sighs) Causing even more damage to the area than this fire that received minimal press. But this lightest fire was different. It was different because of one thing. Okay. And that one thing was Mayor Carl Stokes. He sounds like a man of action. Yeah. Ba-bear. I feel like we should have that 70s like <laughs> funk music. Carl Stokes was here to stoke the fires of change. Yeah. Wow, chicka 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 wow, chicka 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 wow, wow. In this case, paddle. The fires have changed. (laughs) Carl Stokes was the mayor of Cleveland. He narrowly lost the race to be mayor in 1965, but came back and won the mayoral race in 1967. Now, so there's a mayor, whatever, who cares? There's there's how many mayors running around America? Why would anyone care what a mayor was doing in 1960? Well... This win caught national headlines because Carl Stokes became the first African-American mayor of one of the biggest 10 cities in America. Hey, hey. The press were fascinated by this guy. Oh, no. And they camped in, even some of the major publications actually camped in reporters in Cleveland to literally follow everything that Mayor Stokes did. Oh, it's either beautiful post-Kennedy optimism Mm -hmm. or let's watch this N-word fuck up. Yeah, I think some were from A, some were from B. Yeah, a lot from column B. Yeah. Now, one of Carl Stokes' major campaigns was to fight against water pollution. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Stokes wanted to stop water pollution and to clean up Ohio's rivers, lakes, and waterways. 
and fix not just the environment, but the ramifications of water pollution on people, especially those in lower socioeconomic groups who were bearing the brunt of the effects of environmental and water pollution. Yeah. This guy, so ahead of his time. Yeah. This is the thing I don't get about Americans. You want to keep people under the poverty line, don't fucking give them cancer too. You need someone to work in your factories. (laughs) Carl Stokes, at the time of the fire... Managed to pass, so this is just before this guy. Oh, he managed to pass a $100 million taxpayer funded scheme, approximately $800 million in today's money. Yeah, that would work towards to work towards doing some of the undamage that it had been done to the waterways by Cleveland by simply investing in a new upgraded sewerage system and treatment plants that would stop untreated sewerage going directly into Lake Erie. Wow. 1969. Until someone, you know what, maybe we should treat this shit. Yeah, maybe we should actually deal with it. Yeah. Wow. Because uh, again, Cleveland and all these other cities are taking its drinking water from Lake Erie. Yeah. Whew. Fuck me drunk. But Carl Stokes realised that the public just throwing money at the issue was not enough to make real change. He needed the state and federal governments to get on board as well as business. Yeah. You could not clean the drinking water without cleaning the rivers that fed into the lake. Carl Stokes at the time was constantly being followed by members of the national press, as discussed. Column B. (laughs) Carl Stokes, however, using his cunning, decided to seize on this national interest. And after the latest river fire, which happened on a Sunday... Oh, beautiful. Slow news day. So on Monday, he took those reporters on a pollution tour. Oh, yes. He took them to the scene of the fire and to outlets on the riverbanks, including a sewer outlet mm. and an industrial site where the reporters could see firsthand sewerage and waste products flowing freely into the river. Delicious. The fire and the press conference did not garner much attention in the local press. Oh. I mean, considering that there were three river fires in quick succession in 1968 and 1969. Seen it all before. So no one gave a fuck about the second moon landing. Yeah. (laughs) They're going to say just after the First World War. Whatever. We've seen this shit before. What are you, my son? (laughs) Uh, Now, just after this fire in the Cuyahoga River, which followed the fire in the Buffalo, the Rouge River connected to Lake Erie, also ran thick with oil and pollution. It caught fire. (laughs) They believe, thanks to a discarded cigarette, which resulted in flames that shot 50 feet into the air. Fuck. Carl Stokes said, talking about these fires, (laughs) we can make the Rouge River and the other impaired waterways safe to swim and fish in again. 
but it will require an engaged public that forces polymakers to give high priority to the world's greatest freshwater resource. In Michigan, we're the only state nestled entirely within this basin of freshwater seas. We stand to gain the most from such a commitment. And we stand to lose the most from indifference. Here's hoping we do not have to wait for another series of fires to get our attention. Local press was disinterested. Really? But the story went national when a little publication called Time Magazine... Oh, that one. ...made the fire the front cover of the August the 1st, 1969 edition, beating out a story on some lowly Apollo 11 astronauts for the front cover. There you go. The article exposed the fires on the river along with a list of other polluted rivers all across the country. The article focused on the June 1969 photographer, but as that fire was extinguished within half an hour and before a photographer was able to secure a photo, Time magazine actually used a photo from the much larger 1952 fire. Ah. In the article, Time magazine said of the Cuyahoga River that if a person fell into the river, they would, quote, not drown, but decay. Oh, fuck. <laughs> That's some Indiana Jones shit. Put the, he chose poorly he did. by coming to Cleveland. Now, just for the record, uh, Charles Conrad Jr., Richard F. Gordon Jr., Alan L. Bean. That was the second moon landing. Yeah, there you go. I was like, who the fuck are who they? Who the fuck are they? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Woodstock. <laughs> uh, figures from 1969 showed that each day Cleveland and 120 municipalities were pumping. Oh, God. 1.5 billion US gallons. Billion. Or about 5.7 million cubic metres of, quote, inadequately treated waste. (laughs) So that's just... And that the river was in danger of suffocating to death. I think the most American solution they could have come up with... Would napalm it? Is if Detroit, like, literally developed a fucking muscle car that could run on this shit. (laughs) It runs on pure Lake Erie. Just find some way to comb it into your hair. <laughs> the new Dodge Scat Pack <laughs> runs oh. on scat. <laughs> Literally scat. Yep. <laughs> Literally human scat. Uh-huh. Oh, no. Uh, but the fire also came on the heels of a catastrophic spill off the coast of Santa Barbara in California in 1969, where three million gallons of oil had been released into the ocean, resulting in a 35-mile-long slick. Yummo. I bet that's the thing. It rushed up on a Californian beach. Yeah. Full of those rich hippies. Yeah, they weren't having any of that shit. Photos of we the- look like Mexicans. <laughs> Photos of the thousands of dead birds and marine animals littered the news and papers. Yeah. 
Now, yeah, once it hits Hollywood, forget about it. <laughs> now, Stokes was not the only one who had been pushing for water and environmental protection. But his quick thinking in pointing the media focus helped to pave the way for those fighting for water reform to be heard. And heard it was. Take that, dickheads who were following him for the wrong reason yeah. and actually ended up cementing his career and his history. His legacy. Ooh. All you column B Nazis. <laughs> Suck it. Oh, Lord. The next thing you know, Johnny Carson was talking about the fires on The Tonight Show. Randy Newman was singing about the fires <laughs> and water pollution. <laughs> this is the river's on fire. It really literally is. <laughs> you got a fire in me. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Don't go swimming or you'll burn for sure. You got a fire in me. <laughs> oh, my God, you've had it. You've had it. When you lose Randy Newman, you've lost. Oh. <laughs> you've lost the world. Later, both... Okay, this is like the weirdest... Okay, uh, talk about opposite ends of the spectrum. The Beach Boys. Oh. And Johnny Cash. Okay. Who who don't mention any water source in particular. Yeah. But regretfully tell the listeners about the poor quality of the water and lament that they cannot swim in, fish in, or drink the water and dead fish on the shores. In a weird coincidence, though, both the Beach Boys and Johnny Cash called their songs Don't Go Near the Water. There you go. Yeah. They are completely different songs. They are in no way related. Um, a few months later, in the January of 1970, President Richard Nixon... <laughs> So you know things are bad when even Richard Nixon is agreeing that things are happening. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, it happened. happened. I just don't want to see what's happening in French Campuchia here. (laughs) Richard Nixon spent one third of his State of the Union speech addressing the environment. Even Nixon. Nixon, yeah. Nixon sees there is a problem with this. There is a moral dilemma with this situation. (laughs) The great question of the 70s is, shall we surrender to our surroundings or shall we make peace with nature and begin to make reparations for the damages we have done to our air, to our land and to our water? (laughs) And we know America does not give up reparations easy. (laughs) That later that year, Stokes was called to testify in front of the U.S. Senate about the water pollution in Cleveland's water, where he, kel- where he called on the federal government to not just clean the water, but to protect it. Who'd have thunk? Somebody think of the water! Stokes told the U.S. Senate, quote, We have the kind of air and water pollution problems in these cities that are every bit as dangerous to the health and safety of our citizens as any intercontinental ballistic missiles that so dramatically poised 5,000 miles from our country. 
Don't you love how they've still got to stick it to the commies? Yeah. <laughs> Poisoning our own people, but think of the Red Menace. <laughs> In 1970, Lake Erie was declared a dead lake. Oh, dear. <sighs> the next two years, would you believe, saw a rapid succession of environmental wins. Who would have thunk? Now that it's dead, quick, fuck the corpse, put some rouge on it, pretend <laughs> it's alive. I've got a feeling that's how climate change is going to go. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just k- kicking the corpse. <laughs> Elon Musk tries to fuck it back. It's fine. <laughs> Stokes did not just succeed in gaining federal funding to start cleaning the rivers around Lake Erie. Within the next three years, Congress created the Environmental Protection Agency and passed the amended Federal Clean Water Act in 1972, which had not seen change since 1948. Wow. And in it, it continued stronger actions to limit pollution into waterways. But... Oh, no. This is the thing. Everyone thinks, oh, my God, we brought in the Water Protection Act. The Water Protection Act... It only recognises 60% of the water in the United States. Oh, let me the st- other 40%, you can straight out drop your dax, take a shit in it and fuck it, and there is no federal protection to stop you. The other 40%, fuck it. It's a, it's, you know what? It's step water. No one gives a fuck about it. It's from my second marriage. Look at it, red-haired and freckled. Fuck it. Literally, no one cares. But for 60%, yeah. there became some protections. Ah. But do not think in any way the pollution just stopped and the river was instantly fixed. Yes, restrictions were put in place and boats were brought in to literally dig solid objects. Everything from condoms to car parts <laughs> to unidentified things from the river. But the river was still declared dead. Yeah. And algae blooms turned Lake Erie green. Yummo. Projects were started. One introduced. You know what they brought in? Oysters. They're a filter feeder. Yeah. They populated the lakes um, and a lot of the rivers. Yeah. As you said, they're magnificent at cleaning water. Wouldn't eat those fucking oysters, though. Ooh, don't eat the oysters. <laughs> those oysters are the, those women that you meet at the end of the night at the pub, just sitting there with a the cigarette, just like, how you going? <laughs> Hello, confidence. Oh, yeah, fucking, I knew your uncle. <sighs> Happened to me one night. Got hit on by a woman in their 60s. I knew this uh, wasn't going to be a true story from Port Pirie. Uh, yeah, I went to school with your uncle. <laughs> I was like, I'm 20, lady. <laughs> He's 60. Oh, my God. Ah, <laughs> uh, Port But Pirie. then again, my dad, one of one of his very much later flings in life, he got engaged to a, <laughs> a finger waggle woman. Yeah. Um, that was in the same year as my elder sister at school. So fuck, high five your dad. Love blooms. Absolutely, yeah. like algae. <laughs> and your the- dad was the oyster. <laughs> oh my god, this. She was some flotsam floating on the river, but whatever. They need to get a boat to scoop condoms out of her too. 
I was just when Dad was finished. <laughs> oh Lord. Yeah. Oh, she made cakes, and the cakes tasted like shit. But anyway. Oh no. Native trees and river plants were reseeded, and fish stocks were reintroduced. Oh, those poor fucking poor fish! Fucking fish! Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Can you know, like with fish, where they say when you get like fish from the pet shop, you're supposed to put like the the, <laughs> the bag know, in the, the water. bag in the water to let them acclimatize. Can you imagine these poor fish in this giant bag, just like what the fuck is, is that jello? <laughs> Are we just being flushed? They must have felt like the guys going towards the beaches at Normandy, <laughs> just in a bag. <laughs> in you go. Oh, no. I'm not going. I'm not going. I've never seen a fish vomit till now. <laughs> oh, my God. I got flat foot. Those poor fucking fish. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh. In 1985. Oh, God, I was alive. So, gremlins. Back to the Future. Yeah. All right. You're sitting there with your popcorn yeah. eating gremlins. ColecoVision. This guy wishes he was sitting with you in a cinema. In 1985, a 23-year-old man fell into the Rouge River. It's the other one that yeah. caught fire. Yeah. 50-foot flames. He fell into the Rouge River. Oh, seems harmless enough. Fell into the river. And accidentally swallowed some water from the river. Oh, no. The man died shortly afterwards. Died. 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 (sighs) Died from a rare parasitic waterborne disease called Lepsospiriosis. I reckon he ran a Greek restaurant in Port Perry. <laughs> you want to hear boys, Galaxos? <laughs> symptoms. Symptoms of Lesbospospidios. Symptoms appear suddenly and include, can include fever, severe headache. So this guy literally falls in the river, ah, comes out, dries himself off, gets hit with a fever, severe headache, sore muscles, chills, vomiting. Red eyes, kidney failure, bleeding, respiratory complications, other complications, including meningitis, inflammation of the lining of the brain, and spinal cord. And then he died. Holy fuck. He died from just being in the water for under a minute. Wow. He wasn't plundling around. Wow. One Minute. Wow. One, just, you know, the camp counselors were too busy making out, having sex. He's like, oh, yeah. we gotta help me. What's he dying of? Lesbos Vampiros? <laughs> I love that film. I love it too. In the 1990s, phosphorus levels began raising dramatically, causing the algae to flourish and the fish to die again. The phosphorus was coming from farms, from manure and fertilizer as well as fertiliser from golf courses, as well as suburban gardens, which were being washed in... Oh, remember the golf courses. This is very important. Oh, God. All of this was being washed into the rivers in a variety of ways, including stormwater drains, again, that had no filters. And everything was being flushed directly into the river. Officials worked towards trying to mitigate this, from being flushed into the rivers. 
in 2014. You're kidding me. Twitter was around. So much phosphorus was being pumped into Lake Erie, the algal bloom became so large across Lake Erie, the algae bloom could be seen from space. Now, name an astronaut from that era. (laughs) Andy Thomas from Adelaide. The algae sucks the oxygen from the lake. It again killed aquatic life. Yeah. In 2014, Toledo deemed the water in Lake Erie to be untreatable and therefore undrinkable. Wow. And at 1.21am Saturday morning, the city of Toledo put out a warning to residents to not drink, use or even bathe in the tap water coming from the lake. Fuck. And so thousands of bottles of water had to be shipped into Toledo to provide for its half a million citizens to be able to drink water, bathe and flush their toilets. Wow. In 2014, a scientific study concluded that the amount of phosphorus had been reduced by 60%. Compared to the olden days. <laughs> but if the lakes were to have a chance, they still needed to reduce that amount by 40% of the remaining 40%. Wow. <sighs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. In 2001 <laughs> and 2006... After challenges to the Clean Water Act were brought before the Supreme Court from business groups. Okay. In which they argue that the federal government did not have the authority to regulate small streams, headwaters and waterlands. And now a a cloud of confusion hung over the act. Because you know what? Clean water gets in the way of manufacturing guns for school kids and opioids. And the two nuclear power plants that, did I mention, drain their water for the nuclear power plants from Lake Erie. Why regulating that water, you communist? Telling us what we can put into a Chernobyl-built Russian... Nuclear power plants. Oh, you'd like us to have clean water, wouldn't you, comrade? I love Americans because they're just so delightfully fucked in the head. On one, on one, one edge of the scale, just so innovative and intelligent. And on the other hand, literally pouring nuclear waste into their drinking water and challenging it in court. Well, the businesses challenged it and now... Confusion hung over the act, stripping some of the authority of the federal government to protect water under the act. So I can piss in the water, but I can't shit in it? The EPA, Mm -hmm. the Environmental Protection Agency, working... Oh, God. Okay. So you think, what are the two most random groups that we can get together? So this is clearly not the same interests, okay? Okay. So, So if the EPA was suddenly sponsored by Chevron... No, they worked with the Army Corps of Engineers. Actually, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. They worked together with scientists. Yeah. 
They waded through over one million public comments and feedback and had over 400 meetings with outside parties and groups, including scientists, businesses, and farming groups. Yeah. The EPA and Army Corps jointly proposed a new set of rules called the waters. Don't test them. (sighs) Obama believed that he would be unable to pass these new regulations under the Act through the Republican-controlled Congress. What has this cunt fucking done? Everyone thinks he's Jesus. All he did was drone hospitals. Well, no, he wanted to, but the Republican, basically the Republican Party said they would not yeah, pass protections not. to the Water Act. Because we're, we're a little from Column B in this group again, aren't we? Uh, yeah. I really fucking hate this. Like, it's politics. It's not supposed to be like it's our side against your side and death or dishonour before either. It's about finding what is best for the fucking citizens. And you know what? Sometimes you're going to agree on things. There's nothing wrong with fucking agreeing on fundamental things like people being able to fucking fall in water and not die like that fucking scene from Robocop, okay? (laughs) Your drinking water shouldn't make you... (laughs) Fuck me! His name was Emil Andronowski. And he had a family, damn it. <laughs> Not after that. A, a group of ragtag criminals who <laughs> melted and got pulled through discos by their hair. <laughs> oh, my God. So this is good. The uh, And don't everybody think this is going to be us, like, fucking, oh, we're just going to be praising Obama and we're just going to be, like, shitting on Trump. We're going to shit on everybody yeah. here. Just, right? just like the river. Oh, my God, literally. So he couldn't get it through the Congress. So Obama used his presidential power to bring the regulations into effect. President Obama announced the rule in the May of 2015, saying that, and I'm not going to try and do Obama's accent. No. One in three Americans now gets drinking water from streams lacking clear protection. And businesses and industries that depend on clean water face uncertainty and delay, which costs our economy every day. Too many of our waters have been left vulnerable to pollution. With today's rule, we take another step towards protecting the waters that belong to all of us. Nice. Margie, who was the executive director of of Environment America, described the new rules as, quote, the biggest victory for clean water in a decade. Nice. Republican Speaker John A. Bonaire called it, quote, a raw and tyrannical power grab that will crush jobs. (sighs) Of course he did. Then Donald Trump became president. Oh, yeah. Fasten your seatbelts. Oh, this is the golf courses, of course. Donald Trump became president and immediately began using his presidential powers to dismantle the 99 environmental regulations, including those affecting the Water Act, that Obama had used his presidential powers to bring into effect. Donald Trump also removed the steam protection rule. What's that, you say? steam protection is that about laundering your clothes yeah don't use a hot iron yeah it actually limits the amount of toxic wastewater (sighs) containing things such as mercury and arsenic into public 
water. So it doesn't stop it. It was just stop. It stops the amount of. Yeah, limited it. So you can't go above that. Just a little bit of arsenic and a little bit of toxic waste. Just a sprinkling. Just a sprinkling of toxic waste yeah. makes the medicine go down. <sighs> so you couldn't put it into public water, including that which was used for drinking water. Jesus Christ. Trump removed a lot of the powers of the state and federal governments to protect their own waterways and provide essentially a carte blanche to developers, farmers and golf course owners. Of course he did. Who under the regulations were obviously, you know, had to limit. They couldn't just pump all of this shit and fertilizer directly into waterways. You had to do ways to mitigate your lawns better and yeah. not just overly use fertilizers and pesticides. Yeah. No, he stripped all of that. Motherfucker. Donald Trump also put a 30% tariff on solar panels while we're at it. <laughs> and solar panel parts... And encourage companies to use coal, which is curious, as in 2017, the renewable energy industry employed four times as many workers as coal industries. Yeah, it was just this rust belt shit, though, wasn't it? Yeah. Like, I know, and I feel, uh, you know, like, I, we are sorry, everyone who's had a job in coal, you're going to lose your job in coal. It's a dying industry, literally. Yeah. You know, not just for governments, but for industries and the planet. Here's an idea. More jobs open in renewable. Yeah. Okay, you just got to skill up and rechange. <sighs> Donald Trump also act standards that required light bulbs to be more energy efficient and cost less to run than traditional light bulbs. What a fuckstick. He also acts the regulations introduced that Obama had brought in that forced car companies to create and sell cars that ran cleaner and were more fuel efficient for its drivers oh god don't tell me he's there for you he's literally stopping like it was there to be more fuel efficient for you yeah for you to save money at the gas pump yeah he took that away so businesses could make more money and oil companies could make more money yeah In the last days of Trump's administration, the Interior Department auctioned off oil and gas drilling leases in the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge. Yeah, of course they did. Formerly protected areas, now no longer protected. Uh, Against the outcries from environmental groups and indigenous groups, the EPA also had its funding and staffing slashed. (sighs) The next two years saw a rapid succession of environmental... Environmental chaos. In a huge milestone, uh, on March the 20th, 2019. That's not very long ago. It's four years ago. Yeah. Federal environmental regulators tooted their horns, <laughs> saying, look what we've done. Declaring that the fish from the Cuyahoga River was now safe to eat again. Okay, that's a big deal. Which they were very loud about. What they were not so loud about was the fact that it was on the condition that you only ate fish up to a certain size and no more than once a month. Once a month? <laughs> once a month? Fucking hell. Eating the fish more than once a month is going to put some toxic shit 
over safe levels into your body. Nice. But you could totally eat them. <laughs> Once a month. Very small size. You just sort of really just sort of <sighs> roll it around your mouth and spit it out and don't actually digest it. Good God. Uh, so all of this is 200 years after settlers established themselves and their businesses. It only took 200 years, and you could eat part of a fish once a month again from the rivers. Everybody needs a sneeze. <laughs> On January the 20th, 2021. Now, this is not just, we're not going to be here and be like, fuck yeah, and suck yeah. Joe Biden's dick. That's not happening either. Well, because he can't get hard anymore. Oh. He did try to overturn some of Trump's overturns. Yeah. Um. In April of 2020, the Supreme Court of America... So Biden then went and overturned some of Trump's overturns of Obama's regulations. Yeah. Then the Supreme Court of America, which is Republican majority, overturned Biden's overturning of Trump's overturning of Obama's upgrades to the Water Act. Yeah. The justices of the Supreme Court reinstating Trump's rules, <sighs> which is basically everyone have the fuck at it. Yep. The Biden administration said is looking to overturn Trump's 99 environmental overturns. But authorities warn it could take the entirety of Biden's term before all of these overturns are overturned. And you know what? They haven't all been overturned. We're still waiting for the overturn of the overturns yeah. of the overturns. And whatever fucking maniac gets in at the next election oh. is literally going to bring in the Brondo Act. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then on August the 25th, 2020, God. the Cuyahoga River... Caught fire again. Oh, God. Just for old time's sake. (laughs) Hello, my baby. Hello, my darling. Takes a licking and keeps on ticking. Oh, my God. It's like three years later, you suddenly get that random, like, pop up in your feed. How you doing from, like, an ex? (laughs) Fuck off. (laughs) Facebook memory. On August the 25th, 2020, so not even three years ago, Cuyahoga River caught fire again. A fuel tanker on a nearby highway was involved in a road accident. The fuel leaked out of the tanker into the stormwater drains that fed directly into the river. Then the fuel caught fire. Luckily, the fire on the river was extinguished after five Minutes. Nice. Basically, I did a search engine of... I'm like, surely this has to be unique and that rivers can't catch fire. Yeah. The internet provided me with the six worst times rivers have caught fire. (laughs) Four of those top six were American. Yeah. And those rivers fed into Lake Erie. (laughs) The only one that's been worse was a fire in 2014 on a Chinese river. To be fair, they've probably kept the other ones very quiet. Very, very quiet. Yeah. And one in 
India. Now, China and India, it's, I mean, it's, it's no surprise. Everyone agrees they are two of the most industrialized, overpopul- um, overpolluted countries in the world and are the worst for industrial waste and pollution. Yeah. They're only on the list once. Yeah. America yeah. is on there four times. Yeah. The Ganges literally has corpses floating in it. Mm. Yeah. Cleaner <laughs> than Cleveland's drinking water. Yeah. What the actual fuck, America? You know what shits me off? Like, I can't... Like, there were people in America who were all like, I'm not having that vaccine. I don't know what's in it. Goes to the tap. Glug, 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 glug. You should be more fearful from what the fuck you're drinking from your tap. These people don't drink water. They just drink mother and fucking monster energy drink and moonshine. You have a look. Every time you see Trump, that's why he's always there awkwardly with that, like, plastic (laughs) bottle of water. That fucker doesn't. He's not drinking Cleveland water. (laughs) Oh, my God. And what shits me is, like, so many people, they're all standing there with their fucking AK-47s being like, it's my constitutional right to bear arms. What about your constitutional right to have safe, clean drinking water? Surely that's more important. Why is no one storming the fucking capital with their, like, two bottles of, like, ten litres of, like, juicy water, like, fucking fecking it all over the place? <laughs> what the fuck? Get more angry about that. Communist. Fuck. <laughs> You know why I'm a communist? Because my water is red. Because it comes from Lake fucking Erie. Yeah. There's what the th- fuck? Yeah, America has many, many, many problems. Many, many problems? But this shouldn't be one of it. No, it shouldn't. Don't put toxic waste into your drinking water. We shouldn't have to talk through that. Into 25% of the world's clean water. Oh, and it's all like, oh, like, like business, like you can't have a functioning society. If like you said, people are getting cancer and dying from, you know, uh, the bloody water that they're drinking. They can't work. They can't consume. They can't work in your shit factory. They can't buy your shit shoes and your shit tires. <sighs> Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. I, at this age, I'm looking at it. You know what? They should be they should be looking forward to the fucking Chinese coming and showing up because you know what? At least they might bring some water purifiers. Yeah, they might do that. A few a few rare and endangered toads. <laughs> whatever else they've got hidden in their luggage. Some beef jerky. They can't do anything worse than no. like the Cuyahoga River. It's pretty bad. Oh, my god and then people are like oh my god what happened to like fucking like you know Bessie and the fucking Lake Erie monster it's fucking dead it dissolved you killed it <laughs> it dissolved like a novelty bath salt oh my fucking god like it's dead or it just got up and was like fuck this him and, him and his beaver mates <laughs> Oh, my, this is my crazy river. Like, I was just, like, reading it, and it just kept going and going. Like, how many times does your river have to catch fire? Like, I have got back with a shit ex that I shouldn't have a couple of times, okay? And you learn those lessons. But it didn't... He, he didn't set me on fire 15 fucking times. <laughs> what does it take, America? What does it take? Apparently not a boy dying within a day of falling in. Oh, not even a minute! <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. You know what? I'm not. No. Anyway, tonight's episode was brought to you by the Lake Erie Oyster Company. Delicious. That's why I don't eat oysters. 
Oh my god. Yeah. I'm sorry. You know what? I can't. I can't even. Do you know what? This is making me angry. You know what? Everyone out there, find out where your water is coming from. Find out what kind of protection you know your waterways have. Find out who the fuck is putting shit into your water. And you know what? If they're putting shit into your water, fucking do something about it. Don't be a high matey. You're drinking gin that I made. <laughs> so I know pollution when I taste it. Oh my <sighs> god! But. Next week we might be doing a story um, about a fake dog hero. Good, something light. You know, that's that's if we aren't pushed into a toxic river of waste. Are we going to Port Perry? <laughs> oh my god, this place makes Port Perry look clean. It does. Fuck. Oh my god, I grew up amongst lead. I don't know, just I'm angry. I'm so angry. I can't even. Just. Oh. You know what? A real mothman would eat my car, but he can't because he's fucking dead because he fell into the fucking water. Thank you, fucking business and golf course owners. Fuck you. And there's no swimming in Lake Erie. 